0: Retro Rebel Gamecast is brought to you by Geek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at templeofgeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Yeah, she is with you. Yes, she is. Hey, two weeks in a row, I think. Let's not I
1: mean, it. we're doing pretty good. Considering Let's that we not... managed to do this for nearly 2 years without any problem and then 2019, <laughs> the year of the epics uh, grew
0: up. The year of the tech issue. Yeah. Um So, what have you been playing? Let's just get right into it.
1: Well, I'm ashamed to admit, I have oh, no. I have not opened Red Dead Redemption since last week when I told you oh. that I was like over it.
0: Which I don't blame you Yeah, I I
1: haven't opened it and it's a real shame Because I've seen Actually a fair bit of media coverage Talking about you know the game And how good it is and groundbreaking And blah 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 And I just I don't think it's for me man I don't enjoy it I think it's too slow I mean I haven't picked it up again In over a week Right And it's not like I didn't have time to play Because we all know that I did uh so i think it's just not for me i've i've still been playing my little uh mobile game uh the the zombie one last survivor whatever it's called um but yeah i haven't picked it back up i haven't played uh dauntless either this week didn't feel the urge to pick that buck up either um, and I really haven't played anything else. I don't know. It was just so slow gaming week for me. And despite having one of the biggest AAA titles downloaded, could be arsed.
0: Could. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, I truly don't blame you. I thought the game is, I mean, and we said this last week, I thought the game's beautiful. It's just, I don't know that it's for me. And we've done the topic in the past. It might be worth revisiting again, maybe, uh, with better tech uh just how gaming tastes change and I don't think it has to do as much anymore even with my some of it has to do with timing some of it has to do with just like what's going on in my life but I think the game a game like that is different than it was in the past you know and it's it's not just that it's more expansive it's it's just a different game than than something that I would have played um when I was younger so Anyway, I, I it's it is pretty expensive though. There is a lot to do, and it is slow. I have been playing, um, I've been playing Persona Five again, and you know, to be honest, I don't know which of the episodes or how many episodes we didn't get to release where I've discussed this game. Uh, but just for the sake of not having to go back and listen to exactly uh, what I've said in the past. If I haven't explained anything to those that are listening, and if you've played it, that's great. If you if you haven't, um, I'm a I'm about five or six hours into it. I'm finally getting to so much. It's very episodic, and it's very it's very much like playing an anime. And I, and I like I said I I've said this in another episode, but I don't know if it actually made it uh, to the upload uh, portion of this of the process. But um, it's very much like playing an anime. Um, it's very, it's a little bit angsty, teen-ish in terms of themes. You're in high school, uh, you know, you're, um, but, you know, I've never played any other game in this, in this series. And so this is my first go at it. Basically, the persona, what they mean by the persona is like each of the characters that like, it's a turn-based RPG and each character in your party has a, an alternate persona. Or like a like another like a monster or a demon or whatever, a spirit that fights for you uh, or that can fight for you. And so they have they have special powers, but you also have your own attacks and powers and things like that. So um, you have this, you know, this inherent power in you. You're on your way to high school. Somehow, you know, you get crossed over into this alternate realm universe where people from your actual world are also in this world, but they have, like, evil doppelgangers or evil, like, alternate universe, uh, you know, personas, for, so to speak. And uh, it's not quite as bad as Kingdom Hearts in terms of, like, the dialogue and how uh, how painful it was to sit through the dialogue. <laughs> You know that I mean, I like where I literally would fall asleep. There, you can skip through the dialogue a lot faster. You can fast forward through some of the uh, some of the, the the more cinematic parts. But I mean, like constantly, you're getting this uh, this uh, announcement kind of in the top left corner of of my PlayStation where it says, you know, recording is blocked due to the following scenes or whatever. So basically, what is about to play out, it will it prevents you from actually being able to record and stream, I guess. Uh, because it's, I guess it's cinematic and they don't want it spoiled. Uh, okay. maybe, and, which I, that's whatever I respect it. that's cool. Uh, and, and like I said, it's been entertaining. I have enjoyed every, you know, playing it so far. It's not so overwhelming so far in the story that I don't feel like I can go back and pick it up after, you know, not playing it for seven days. Um, and it also doesn't feel like it's so overwhelming, at least at this point that after seven days, I, I, I have no idea what's going on. You know, I, I feel like I could jump back in. Oh, this story's pretty simple. Yeah, I can pick right back up and play it. So um, I've been playing Persona 5, and I'm I'm now to the point. I mean, it, and there's so much exposition at the beginning I hadn't even actually really fought a battle. I was like, is this game just cinematics and me going, like, making my bed, going downstairs and talking to the guy that's kind of like my caretaker, then walking to school and talking to other people in school? I was like, I literally thought that's kind of what the game was going to be because so much has been dedicated to that, like, at least a couple hours so far of gameplay has been dedicated to... Not really telling me much about what's going on, and not much in the way of gameplay. It's mostly just been me watching stuff happen. Um, but finally, I'm to the point where you're actually playing, and you're you, you you're learning the mechanics and the battle system and and uh, the turn based portion of it, and and I'm I'm enjoying that part of it. So it's I like the game, but I can see now why this game takes. 50 60 70 hours to complete or more like there are people that have dedicated you know hundreds of hours to this game and I'm like yeah I don't think I've got that and if I feel like it's going that route I'm there's an excellent chance no matter what I'm not finishing this game um right just with my track record but uh but so far it's been fun so um I'm I'm enjoying Persona 5 uh but, well, in the other game I've been playing, I'll I'll save for our news. But.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. I haven't been playing new games, but I did watch a new show that is just personally right up your alley, I think. Have you seen The Boys okay. on Amazon Prime?
0: I have seen advertisements for it, and I absolutely want to watch it. It's yes.
1: It's pretty good. It's basically okay. like, what if superheroes was reality and people had to live within that reality? Like, how would it get corrupted and twisted by... Human beings being human beings, it's it's pretty good. I've I've only watched episode one so far, but I'm definitely hooked. Going to be binging that on the weekend. Is it like
0: is it like Watchmen but less depressing?
1: It's exactly like Watchmen, I would say, but with the best some of the best special effects I've seen on TV in a long time.
0: Nice. Okay. Okay. Well, I've I always like Carl Urban. I like the things that he's in, and um, he does good work. He's. I think he's also funny. And so I've heard that he's kind of like, in a way, like the comedian in this.
1: Yeah, he, uh, he is pretty funny. He's good comic relief. And Simon Pegg's yeah. in it as well, although much more briefly.
0: Oh, Okay, nice. And by comedian, I meant like from the Watchmen, not necessarily somebody who's funny. Yeah,
1: I know what you mean. But he is oh, okay, funny good. in this.
0: <laughs> well good uh well i do want to see that uh, there's no doubt and i'm I'm glad you reminded me of that i'll put it in the notes as to see to do
1: but it's definitely not for kids it's not for kids anywhere near it not for no
0: kids. okay not for kids like
1: they better be asleep
0: <laughs> <laughs> fair enough it's the language um, more than
1: anything else there's a lot of language
0: okay well good yeah i'm looking forward to that um well, that brings us to the news. I do have a few things that I'd like to, or one or two things anyway, that I'd like to mention that have been more recently developed uh, or, or have recently developed in the news. But did you have any news that you'd like to share?
1: Uh, I only had one uh, just briefly in regards to, unfortunately, the mass shootings that took place in the U.S. and video games being held up again as the reason why these things occur. I just think it's, quite a dangerous attitude and tact to take to blame an art form for tragedy that happens to people. Um, and it seems to be the scapegoat that sort of gets put forward recently each time one of these things happen. The reality is is that the majority of the youthful population, I would kind of say youthful as anybody under the age of like, 35. Most people do play video games, um, and most people play AAA video games, which tend to contain violence and shooting, because those are the most popular types of weapons and most popular types of games that exist. Um, And yet, it seems to always be used as a reason why someone might have a propensity towards violence, and I just don't believe that there's much validity to that. And I think it's it's just a shame and takes away from the real human tragedy of what's happening, sort of in in the whole of the world, not just the U.S.
0: Right now, I'm, you know, I debated even having or, or discussing it very much on here, not because uh, it's not an important topic, but because I don't, I didn't know how to necessarily handle it in a way that does it justice, is fair to it, but also isn't. Uh, completely vapid or empty. You know what I'm saying? Where I didn't want to just say something about it and and not really contribute to the discussion, but also not make it uh, divisive. And so I think I think the best thing or the the where I what I wanted to add to that is there's a there is. It is, a, it is a straw man in the argument of what's going on and the issues. There's so much evidence that suggests, you know, the the Jim Sterling uh, video he recently did that mentions this, and the article that IGN put out uh, recently about it, and like this week, I think Monday they published something, Monday or Tuesday they published something. These All of these articles are coming out. I'm, I bl- I'm sure Polygon and Kotaku have also come out with, with articles that say the same thing, that video games... Do not cause the violence. And and the point that I want to make and what Jim Sterling said in his video is that has already been established. Like, we shouldn't even have to say that anymore. You know, basically, we're defending something that someone basically just keep, keeps coming back to because at one time it was a talking point. And so, you know, you feel like you're defending something and or the burden of proof is put on people who support video games. And I think that that is where the argument goes awry. You know, it shouldn't be placed on the on the people who are in the video game industry. That's not the argument that they need to even be worried about right now. Um, it's just a scapegoat. Uh, the video game thing. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's a small percentage of the population that could be using any sort of uh, media or artistic form of violence as as a as, a, as a, even a minor form or a very small portion of their motivation for anything, you know. Uh, in terms of, like, actual real violence. The evidence just really does not support video games causing violence. In fact, there is no causal effect of video games on violence. Uh, And, and, you know, you could go into the argument with with movies – who are much more visceral, realistic in terms of the violence that takes place. Uh, Even though you don't have the same agency, you are seeing um, and witnessing much more realistic forms of violence. So I think the argument and the point is moot and that video games shouldn't even have to, or the people in the video game industry shouldn't even have to have that argument. It should just be laughed away, uh, in my opinion. That yeah. you just should be able to laugh at that and 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 it and it be okay. What's next? You know, tell, what what's your what's your other? I, now the jokes aside, what's your real argument? Yeah,
1: what um, I do think so. is interesting though is I do think that technology platforms, Google, uh, Xbox Online, PlayStation Online, these platforms where people communicate and you get a sense of who they are, whether it's through WhatsApp or Facebook or whatever. Um, you know, in the, in the case of at least one of the shooters, a manifesto was posted online an hour before anything happened. And I think that what we should be looking at is ways to take threats and comments like that more seriously, you know, to look for red flags like that, where people are online and maybe something like that can be prevented. You know, maybe there was a mental health issue or something like that, that could have been addressed before, um you know it's such a tragic thing happened so i think that tech companies and online platforms need to take a bit more responsibility for you know f- throwing the warning flags up when things like this get posted and and stuff like that because i don't think there's anything wrong with making sure that somebody is okay when they start saying really serious things no
0: not at all and 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 you you know, I mean, we're in a day and age, you know, and I, I don't want to sidetrack it too much, but we're in a day and age where, you know, your your online presence and your online influence is being more and more closely scrutinized, and the weight of your online influence is becoming is getting heavier, and what you are being held responsible for uh, is is evolving, and so there's you know there you know the there's a documentary on HBO right now called I Love You Now Die and it's about the 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 boy and the girl who are the, the you know they're 18 17 18 year old boy and girl who communicated almost exclusively uh via text and and uh, instant message and basically the woman or the girl the young girl was convicted of uh, involuntary manslaughter because of her support and pushing for the uh, the adolescent guy, male, to commit suicide. And he committed suicide, and she was convicted of involuntary manslaughter based on text messages. And so uh, it's just showing how your online presence is holding... Uh, the gravity of your online presence is... is uh, it's just carrying more weight now. Uh, we're being... Some people... You're being held responsible for your words, which it's i mean it's a scary time because it's a technology that we many especially many people who just don't have the foresight to know the effect it's going to have on their life they're being held accountable for something that is going to be forever you know what you do online it lives forever you know you send a picture you send a message to somebody somebody screenshots it it goes it's forever you know, and and that's a lot to try to wrap your head around when you're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, uh, and and uh, so yeah, I man, I don't know the answer. I, it's a great conversation to have, and it's probably one for its own episode of just the online presence, and maybe maybe some online presence etiquette. We could we could do an, an issue on that, where or a episode where we just kind of talk about hey, this is how you kind of. This is how this is how people act. And maybe this is how you should act. You know, this is being not just not tolerant, necessarily, just tolerant. But how, how can we make that interaction be more like actual social interaction, uh, yeah. you know, more civil? Um, because there's there's more and more evidence coming out showing that the social media component, the the disconnect that you get the further and further you get away from actually being face-to-face and social is having an effect on our ability. And and, and it's having an effect on us, like a, a physical measurable effect on people where they're becoming more depressed. They're becoming, uh, you know, it is more difficult for people to connect because they are getting farther and farther from actual physical, social in-person connections. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating it's kind of beyond the the scope, maybe of the of the show, but I think it is fascinating, and it is in line with kind of some of the things that we deal with, online presence and, and the online component of games. It is a deterrent for a lot of people to even play online. It, I'm and be honest, it is one of the deterrents for me. I would I played Madden online ten years ago, and I just quit playing because I got tired of listening to whoever was on the other end, usually someone much younger than me that was just kicking my teeth in. And letting me hear about it, I was like, "Come on, man! I don't even know you. I don't even like this from my friend that's sitting right next to me." Uh, but I'll at least take it from him because he's got the, you know, got the courage to say it to my face. And, and I'm like, you know, and I'll take it, whatever. He's my friend. He's earned that right. I don't know you, and I don't want to take yeah. it from you. That's not. I feel. You know? I
1: feel like the anonymity of the internet and the encouragement that you get from certain like subgroups within the internet that if it's tolerated in the community to F and blind everybody that you play with and and all your mates do that then it becomes acceptable and I think you know a lot of the communities that spring up around you know really unfortunate topics and and really negative parts of online culture just breed more of that because it's unchecked and For everybody sure. can act like that because there seem to be no consequences but I think there need to be you know. know. I think uh, online communication is becoming, in most instances, the majority of the communication that we do day to day. And um, I just think it needs to be monitored a little bit better for warning signs like this because... You know, yeah, it, yeah. it it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that's going to go out and hurt other people. But if you were a parent and there was anything that anybody could do to look for warning signs of self-harm or anything like that, you would want it to happen. And so I think we all just need to be a bit more realistic of the trade-off between privacy concerns and protecting, you know, life.
0: Well, I, I definitely, I think that we should, I, I think it's, I think we should put a pin in it and and discuss it further, maybe deeper in another episode. But if anyone that's listening has any feedback or comments about that, we'd love to hear uh, what you have to think on the topic, just because it is something that needs to be discussed. We shouldn't be afraid to be able to discuss it. And that's how things get better is when you're able to suggest things, ask questions about what you don't understand or, uh, you know, just just discourse is is important. So I'd love to hear whatever. Anyone has to say on the topic, uh, as long as it's positive. If it's not, then I don't. <laughs> <want> <laughs> well, to hear hopefully
1: really. you have some more positive news. Sorry for starting out with such a downer, but I felt it no, needed to be brought up. No, it's a good
0: place to start. Is the bottom. So, now uh <laughs> 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 uh, on a, in a much much better uh, or lighter topic, um, Rocket League has removed uh, loot boxes from the game. Now, Rocket League was a game that that added. Uh, loot boxes late—that's something we're going to talk about in our topic today. Uh, but they—they—they really—they put uh, loot boxes into the game after the release. In fact, a, more than a year after release, they put them into the game. Um, and in addition to that, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo—all three—are going to, to my knowledge, they're going to release the metrics and the and the drop rate. Of items with their loot boxes. It's a step in the right direction. So they're direction. going to, they're publishing, yeah, they're going to publish like your your odds, basically, <laughs> for your gambling addiction. Um, which is one of the major issues that kind of separates what is gambling and what is, what this is. So basically, they're going to more clearly define what they're doing as gambling, because they're going to show you the odds. Um, but at the very least, that can inform uh the consumer a little bit more as to what it is they're buying and it's not just literally made up or or they're I mean you know at this point it's all up in the air I mean you literally they could be changing it daily uh it's that easy with the digital gambling so you you could manipulate it with you know just it's <laughs> just slide it just a little bit this way so it's that much harder to attain Um, Look, collector's addiction boxes
1: uh, and little, those little toys you get in the little blind bags, they all have to publish their rarities. So I'm glad to see that this isn't any different. And you know what, I worked in gambling a long time. I don't think there's really anything wrong with it when it's sort of part of a balanced lifestyle, you know, and when I go on holiday, I play in casino, but I don't play at home. Because I think that's like a gateway to serious problems. But, you know, I'll go and play casinos when I'm traveling on holiday and I think it's a fun and enjoyable activity. But what's not fun and enjoyable is not knowing what you're getting into. So it's good that there's even a little bit more transparency. I think that's moving in the right direction. I think eventually if they keep moving in this direction, it'll get to something better than what it is right now.
0: I agree. I agree, and and uh, you know you have self control too, and whereas some others don't, but at the very least they can work out the percentage on their own. I I, I don't know that I I think I made this analogy last time. I, I no, I don't think I did. Um, one of my favorite movies in the whole world is Real Genius, and it's uh, where Laszlo. Yes, I did say this, but anyway, it, it still stands. It's still a good example where Laszlo figures out the percentages. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's a college student at, at the equivalent of like MIT who, uh, had cracked under the pressure of intense academic, uh, you know, demands and basically moved into the basement of the university and no one knows he lives there. And he worked out in some sweepstakes that they used to have that if you put in this many entries in, you should win this, this percentage of the prizes. (laughs) So basically he had figured out a way to mass produce application or mass produce entry forms for this sweepstakes so he could win. And he did the calculation. He said, based on my calculation, I should win like 73 point something percent of the prizes. And he ends up winning like 66% of the prizes or whatever, (laughs) but uh, spoiler alert for a movie that's 30 years old. Um, but it's the same point, though. It's like, now, well, now I can figure out exactly how much money I need to spend and how many loot boxes I need to buy to get how many percentage of, you know, the, the, the cards or the, the figures or whatever. So anyway, yeah, I think it's a step in the right direction. And, and it, But what I found is interesting is it's Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. And I did not, from what I understand, it's their first party games. So it's Microsoft games, Sony games, and Nintendo games. It's not EA it's not it's not the companies that are the most flagrant right now uh, abusers of this. It's it's the public it's the it's the the major the big dogs in the industry in terms of the consoles, but it's not the AAA publishers.
1: Well, to be fair though, if if the consoles get hit with something, that takes the whole network down. So they're probably right. getting yeah. ahead of some rumblings in the industry, I would imagine. Yeah.
0: For sure. And I think that's uh, I think that's a good thing. And maybe they'll follow suit once they see. Okay, come on now. You know, because I really do think that a good episode also would be let's look at let's look at some of the other mediums, uh, entertainment mediums and how they are mitigating costs and but still being successful. I mean, print books still are a thing, at least for now. And I hope they always will be. But, uh, you know, how are they remaining viable? You know. Uh, When it's so much easier and they cost the same almost to buy it digitally, which is exponentially cheaper to do. So uh, anyway, I, I just think that that would be interesting, too, because I think there's a way that. We won't solve it, but it would be because they're not going to do what we what we come up with necessarily. <laughs> well,
1: aren't they still around for the same reason that you don't want uh, all games to go digital? Didn't uh, the Microsoft bookstore so. shut and everyone lose all their? Oh, books? it did.
0: That was one of our examples of why this is bad. Is because the yeah the 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 Microsoft or I think it was Microsoft the, their bookstore went down and, and now shut down, and so any books that you owned are gone. And, you know, I have a lot of audible audio books that I can't download that I can't I can't rip. I'm sure there's a way to do it. Yeah. And Amazon, Um,
1: I think, has just removed the download option from the free version of Amazon Music. I don't I'm not certain of the exact particulars, but I definitely know that I lost over 75 percent of my existing catalog.
0: Yeah, that's.
1: Not good. Yeah, I mean, it's also whatever. I wasn't paying for it, so I guess more, <laughs> Well, I guess it's a way to fool me. Look
0: at it, yeah. Yeah, not paying for it.
1: So what there was your third bit of news? Uh,
0: so that was the big and then um so loot boxes uh out of of Rocket League. And uh oh, okay, so the last thing is uh that because it is it is speaking of addictions, um I haven't bought it yet. But Saviors of Oldham is the next expansion for Hearthstone. Oh my god! And it was released. Uh, I believe it was released this week, and um, so it's out. I've been playing. I've been playing that on and off. And like I said, that was the other game that I've been playing. But I have only bought packs with the in-game currency that I've earned from winning games. And uh, so what that means I had like four hundred gold or whatever, and I was able to buy four packs right um which is much less than the 70 or 60 or 50 that i typically (laughs) buy yeah uh and uh, none of the cards i got were cards that i could use which is nice um but they i think there is a free portion of of the saviors of oldham that i can go in and play as as part of the solo campaign so that's fun i didn't have to pay for that and it's still an enjoyable game. It's just getting to the point now, and I've heard a lot of people say this, and I think that it's pretty accurate. If you don't spend money on this game at this point, you're going to have a hard time competing. Yeah, um, that's fair. You know, it's just. But I. But it would be that way. F- it would be that way for any card game.
1: I think it's that way for any game that's been out for so long. As well, like with a competitive element. Like, if I picked up World of Warcraft today, yeah, <laughs> you know, good luck.
0: But I don't think you should, I don't think you should have to pay for anything other than this the monthly subscription. That's where the, that's where I think that one kind of gets off the hook. You pay for the subscription, and all you have to, yeah, you're gonna probably have to go watch some tutorials on what in the heck is going on, uh, so you know, kind of where to go. And some of the mechanics have changed, but this is a free to play game you know, that uh, has expansions. And it's like there is two things can be true. Games as a service, generally speaking, is, a, is bad. But games like this that continue to iterate over the course, they have three expansions a year. That if I don't want to play with the expansions, I can play wild. And then that means I can use any of the other cards that weren't removed from, you know, the, the competition decks. I can use any card, yeah. and so that makes it much that makes it a lot harder to balance the deck. But it also means that you can be competitive with cards that from two years ago or three years ago, and be fine, and not have to spend necessarily any more money. So that I think that that's um, that's a nice trade off, and the, and that's the difference between maybe games as a service and one that continues to iterate uh, games that has downloadable content that you should that should have been packaged to begin with and then a game like hearthstone which was free to play to begin with but continues to add uh, content to the meta which you don't have to buy but if you want to play if you want to compete like you said a competitive nature this is not the same as me having to pay for, let's say, Tom Brady's new powers this 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 year, you know.
1: But wouldn't wouldn't PVE allow you to unlock this season's cards, the majority of them?
0: Yes, yes, it would. Uh, with enough games, yeah, with enough games, you could unlock.
1: That's what I always used to do: is beat all the PVE bosses before well, I went back into multiplayer.
0: The PVE only the PVE only works when it's that type of expansion. Not all right. of the expansions are that way. Not all of them have that kind of PVE mode where you can unlock, you know, the the twenty or thirty cards uh, that are most useful for that that expansion.
1: Um, mm, cheeky.
0: Yeah. So you know. Well, that's yeah.
1: probably a great segue into our actual topic, which cheeky is yeah, game editions.
0: Cheeky, cheeky game. I like that too. Cheeky game editions. Uh, Yeah, so uh, recently, bringing us to our our main topic. Recently, it was in the news that uh, there were some games uh, that were adding microtransactions after release. Now, this has been covered by other shows, uh, probably in deeper and arguably potentially more entertaining uh, levels. But uh, they basically, these games are adding. These microtransactions and, and uh, these pay-to-win mechanics after the games have had uh, their initial release date. And there are a number of reasons why people are uh, um, assuming, I guess, is the best way to their uh Their educated guess as to why some of these companies are doing this is a little bit more nefarious than just, oh, you know, it wasn't ready uh when the game was released. Yeah,
1: our money-making strategy wasn't ready when the game was released. Shut up.
0: Right. Right. And and you know, the biggest one, the biggest reason why a lot of uh people are saying this was withheld is because if it's not in the game when it's reviewed, it cannot be reviewed. So it can't come across as a negative if it wasn't actually in the game to begin with. You know, uh the majority of critics I've read that discuss in-game microtransactions Discuss it relatively objectively, meaning they just will state, hey, this is in the game. Yes, these items that you can purchase will actually give you a competitive advantage. Pretty much every word I just said is a fact. You know, it's not, I'm not, a, I'm not, uh, that's not emotional. That's not my opinion. You know, some of the items in the Fallout 76 uh, in game store. Actually give you a competitive advantage against other players by allowing you to repair items or something that you would have to you wouldn't have the option of without buying these or the amount of time it would take you to save up the money to be able to purchase that game item is so exponentially greater than you just being able to go in with real world currency and purchase this item to give me an advantage. Um, It just saves you time. I mean, there's just no way around it. That's an advantage. Uh, So that's kind of what we're talking about. But you had uh, not only something to add to that, but maybe could take this in a direction where these game companies might be getting even more cheeky than we originally thought.
1: Well, it's something that Jim Sterling briefly touched on, but ironically enough, I think he didn't take it far enough. So, yes, game critics, when they get the game on release date, they will be reviewing it as it is, and that's true, and that means that microtransactions added after the fact will not be included as part of their review, and then, obviously, however long it takes before they actually add them in. In the case of Rocket Lead, was it two years later? One year later? Two years later? I, I mean, think it two was years. Th- the chances of most medium to small news outlets going back finding that story in the archives updating it and re-releasing it is almost nothing in fact most large news agencies wouldn't necessarily update and re-release the content so while they might go and update it they're not going to necessarily republish it on social or promote it or whatever re-release it is you know top of page story so it's automatically going to get much less coverage but what's worse than that is The box, the labels, the artwork, the marketing material, the parental guidance notes on the back of the ESBR rating have all already been set in stone. You never get a box re-release unless it is a remastered or Game of the Year edition. So if you are a parent in a shop trying to decide what is acceptable for your child to play or not... The fact that there are in-game purchases will not be on the ratings label. Now, Jim Sterling brought that point up. He didn't talk about it for very long, so I don't think he thought about the full implications of this. But if you run that through its natural course, that means the ESRB rating for Grand Theft Auto does not mention that it has casino gambling. It means that... The further, like more DLC and things like that, there those things aren't rated. That's right. a huge problem. I mean, The Witcher two has uh, The Witcher has quite a lot of um, graphic nudity and things like that. Yeah. Now it had that at release, but imagine a game that comes out at release with a T for teen rating, and then adds in mature level graphic nudity. There's nothing to stop them from doing that because the ratings are already finished. It's true. And that's, that's the sort of thing that I think maybe Jim Sterling didn't really extrapolate that out. But there is absolutely nothing stopping them from... So let's say that parents really, really crack down. Yeah, they get they get worried about all these stories about Fortnite. They get worried about all these stories about mature games. They down. They start looking at the ratings, whatever, and they purchase a game that has no in-game currency. That's rated T for teen. So like almost no content. And six months after release, the kid's been playing it. There's no lock on the Xbox because there's nothing for them to buy. Right. And then all of a sudden, they install these in-app currencies. The, you know, the child may not know. It. Let's say they never buy those type of games for their kid. They never let them interact with in-game purchases. Then you're going to have a huge problem there, you know, with, with that sort of situation. And take it one-step server, if they introduce free downloadable content like The Witcher does, their downloadable content was free, that contained mature themes. There's literally nothing stopping them from doing that. And once the stuff is already installed on your Xbox, there's really not much you can do from keeping a kid from downloading a free thing they don't have to pay for. You know what I mean? Like there's not a check right. if it doesn't cost any money.
0: No, you can do that on like iTunes does it. And, and I think I've got it set up on Xbox that even if it no on Xbox, it's just a matter of a couple clicks. But on iTunes uh, we have it set up where you have to put in the code even if it's a free game. Um, and that's brilliant. But, but
1: if you never intended them to have any games with in game purchases and the game said it didn't, you wouldn't how would you know?
0: Well, and I think to your point, if I had already put in that code and they downloaded it and then the update is where the you know the the adult content ends up getting added, well, especially for somebody who's already done their due diligence, why would they think that they're going to go back and add, you know, a mechanic, uh, an addictive quality with addictive qualities or something that is much more adult in content that, you know, because I purchased the game thinking this is what the game was and that it wasn't going to be any, it wasn't going to iterate in a, in a darker or more adult way, you know? Uh, yeah, am there, that, that's, 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 I think objectively, uh, I, well, I'm bad, first of all, <laughs> but that's not the word I was looking for necessarily. I think it's just it's 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 um, there. They're, it's it's cheeky. Cheeky is not the word either. Though. I mean, they're, it's just e- it's almost evil. It's like they it's like I know what I'm doing. I'm going to get this into your home. And then once it's there. You really don't have any control over it. and maybe they're not thinking of it to that extent, but I just don't see how they're not
1: I think they are. I mean, come on, I'm I don't work in the games industry, but that was when when he mentioned that the rating is already done, that's when it occurred to me. So like let's let's take for example um movies as a media. Okay. Right. So right. they release it, the rating is there. And let's say they want to release a director's cut. Most of those are released as unrated director's cuts. They can't just, they can't just release a director's cut that hasn't been reviewed, and, and give it a, give it the rating. same rating. So when you get a director's cut, it usually says unrated director's cut. That doesn't mean that it is X rated or whatever. It just means that it did not go in front of the ratings board. And yet, video games their own Inner, you know, electronics. their own electronic standards committee is not being permitted to rate this before they get re-released to the public. Now it is rated digitally, obviously, all of the downloads and things like that. I believe they do have a rating in the Microsoft store, but that does not change the box art. So, you know, if you were a devious kid, and I was, yeah, and I <laughs> wanted to get my hands on let's say Grand Theft Auto, and I was like 17, right? Tell my parents, right. look, it's just a little bit of violence, whatever. It's mostly about like stealing cars. It's obviously not real or whatever. And then I download it and now it's got a whole casino in it. Look, my parents are very, very against gambling. Obviously, I worked in the industry and they were not happy about that. But if right. I was a, a teenager, I wanted to play a game with gambling in it. Absolutely not. My dad let me watch Apocalypse Now, but gambling was never an option.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and you know, I think those sort of things are, hey, I think, and not just for parents, for people themselves, like... If you are trying to make smart decisions about yourself and what you put into your body, I've mentioned before, I really don't like to watch horror movies. I don't like to play horror games. I right. think, you know, to a certain extent, garbage in, garbage out. I just don't like to put that sort of stuff in my brain. And if I bought a game and I looked at the back of it and I was like, okay, a little bit of sex, a little bit of violence, whatever. And it didn't say horror. And then they released an expansion and it was like all horror. I would be like, what is this? <laughs> yeah y- you know what i mean like yeah. there's there's really to me this is quite irresponsible and w- when we say oh well it's really unlikely they would they would re- re- you know release mature content like literally there is not much more mature you could put in games besides putting a fully fledged casino in it do you know what i mean like yeah yeah that that is like quite serious obviously games are not as graphic as In sexual content as movies and things like that so to a certain extent I have to give it a little bit of leeway but you know there are some movies that are extremely offensive to watch for sexual content that you would not want to be surprised with in a game you know like there are some movies that I regret watching where I was like oh my god like I'm never gonna forget that was horrific you know yeah and I wouldn't I just wouldn't want to get a game, read the back, try to be an educated consumer and then have that stuff sneak up on me. I think it's really irresponsible. Other media is not allowed to do that. Just unchecked without letting you know what's going on. And I don't think that it is enough for the, you know, the ratings to be updated just digitally because whenever you put a game into your hardware, it automatically installs the most recent version. It says it needs an update. Do you want to update now? So anything that they patched in after the fact, yeah, whether it's microtransactions or whatever, it's going in, you know, you can't, you can't opt out of it. You can't say, no, give me the base version because then it just won't install the game. So, um, I think if we sort of extrapolate that to the worst possible conclusion, it is not impossible for a game to get rated e for everyone and end up with mature themes that is not impossible and it's also not impossible that you could get a game that says it's rated e for everyone and suddenly end up playing a mature game that is totally yeah. possible under the current system
0: and you know i think it's going to i think it's i think it's going to backfire and this is this is my Prediction that it's either it's going to backfire or before right before it backfires, because something uh, something else terrible is going to happen in terms of and what I mean, terrible is maybe not on the scale of, um, you know, uh, a mass shooting, but something something more along the lines of. uh, There's going to be significant backlash against this from people that that have the power to make changes uh, and and. Whether the game industry gets out in front of it or not, I, I can't say. I don't want to speculate, but I do think that it's going to backfire. At least I hope so to the point where, where there's enough backlash that this changes. Just because, why not just be upfront about what it is you're doing and don't be so deceptive with things? Um, because I just had a thought also, and, and maybe you'd have some input on this. It's not just what they can add, but what are some things that they could actually remove from a game? Especially if you've got a digital only purchase uh, or if you, you know, you're up downloading or uploading or whatever your game to the hard drive for the most part, which a lot of games do. And, and they want to be always online so that they can uh, they can make changes on the fly or add or subtract things. We'll just think about what would stop them from actually removing functions from a game. Uh, you know, nothing.
1: I've seen it happen.
0: Yeah, well, what are some examples that you can think
1: of? City of Heroes famously launched City of Villains with base-to-base battles, item of power trials, like, all that sort of guild-based powers that you would get. And they didn't have it in the game, I believe, for over a year. And when they did release the function, it, I mean my guild contributed to breaking it within 48 hours to the point that the <laughs> game became so unbalanced that they removed the functionality entirely and never reinstated it. Mm. But that that was on the demos, that was on the box art, that was on everything. That was a promise, and that was something that they should have had worked out from the beginning. Exactly right. like No Man's Sky same thing. All those promises about, you know, being able to like interact with other people's worlds or whatever that he was saying. Yeah. That that's not real. I mean Peter Molyneux is completely famous for this sort of stuff. But I bet you the, yeah. I bet you the box art had some reference to it, I bet you the marketing material had some reference to it, that is essentially the same thing. You were you right. thought you were buying one product, and when you got it, those features were either removed or never existed to start with. That happens all the time, if we think about it.
0: That is true, and I hadn't really thought about that, but I mean, there's, there's nothing to say that, uh, you know, moving forward, not only could they add, you know, be de- de- deceptive and add uh, other adult mechanics, or gambling mechanics, or microtransactions into the game just because they're going, they can avoid that being criticized. Uh, but they could also remove, you know, good mechanics, mechanics that you actually enjoy, but maybe aren't making them any money, or maybe are, uh, you know, I, again, I would hate to think that they would do it just to be, uh, just to kind of be dicks about it. But at the same time, if it's something that people are having fun with they might take it out of the game and make you pay for it in the next one you know uh i could definitely see that happening and they they're, they're kind of doing that anyway where there will be mechanics and skins and whatever that you used to be able to earn in game uh and and you're no longer able to you now you have to pay for
1: them or what if what if you're rocket league and you did buy some of the loot boxes and they've taken them away within days do you get to keep your stuff does the stuff disappear is it imbalanced right like what are the implications of that look i'm glad they took it away i think loot boxes suck but i have seen premium content get nerfed or whatever if you've paid for that then you've paid for that right like you you should technically be able to have it exactly as you bought it so th- I think there's definitely some implications here. You know, if, if you go to the store and you buy a T-shirt, the T-shirt doesn't suddenly lose a sleeve randomly one day <laughs> in your closet.
0: Mm-hmm. Depends you on know, how big your I, moths are.
1: Well, I mean, look, moths notwithstanding. Mothra. I think that's something that we as a community need to start holding the game company's feet to the flame for because y- when you buy it, you should be able to get use keep your stuff like you know they need to address these issues of digital games they need to address changing the product that you've purchased because that doesn't exist in any other media right you know if you buy a dvd of terminator 2 in 1995 it's exactly the same it is today as it was then it hasn't changed right right but if you if you download a copy of City of Heroes is a bad example, but let's say the servers were still on. If you downloaded a a copy of City of Heroes today, if the servers were still on, it would be quite different from the game that I played and broke uh, many years ago. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I had a fuller and richer experience than many of the people. Like, when I talk about this feature... I know I do bring it up a lot and regular listeners of the show will understand, but I think it's so important because I am probably one of a couple thousand people on this planet that played the game that actually successfully was able to use that feature. On my server alone, I think there was maybe 12 servers in total. On my server alone I think there was three groups that successfully completed them and we were one of them. And there was only uh, maybe 15 to 20 people that did it with us on the day. So just, I mean, do the math. Th- that was a feature on the box. And I'm probably one of the few people that ever got to ever do it. Ever. And it was gone wow. within days.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just hard to imagine because that's that was a game that I always wanted to play and didn't. but a really good example of how this could be, you know, how it has been used or how it has been, you know, uh, applied, I guess, to, to the gaming, uh, to the gaming world or to, to games that people really enjoyed and loved. And, and I, and I think that with these microtransactions, everything else, there's still a chance it could be, uh, you know, applied in a, in a negative way in the future. I'm just, I've, I'm hopeful I'm, I, that, that all of this, This is one time where I think social media or one of the examples where social media and YouTube and and uh, enough noise is being made where I think changes are actually happening. I think positive changes are happening and and maybe that will continue. Um, I doubt it's because they've learned their lesson, uh, at least at the highest level. But at the very least, maybe they're like, okay, well, maybe we pushed it a little too far. That pendulum swung a little too far. Let's dial it back. Uh, just yeah. a little
1: bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll try it again in a few years. You know. Well, any closing thoughts on uh, the cheeky, cheeky game industry?
1: No, I just editions. I I really hope that the uh, regulatory, the self-regulatory body clamps down on that before the governments do, because if the governments have to get involved, the, it's game over, mate
0: yeah I agree and and that's what that's not what they want the model is not sustainable maybe they're kind of seeing that writing on the wall and some changes will be made So, well that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion all of the notes from this episode will be posted on our site templeofgeek.com if you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.